0: Welcome to Ask the Educator, a podcast brought to you by Healthmark Industries. Are you a sterile processing technician or manager? Maybe you work in infection prevention or biomedical engineering. Whether you're a frontline tech, endoscopy tech, OR nurse or surgical services administrator, you undoubtedly have influence in medical device processing at your facility. In each episode, we speak with experts from the Healthmark Clinical Affairs team industry leaders, or special guests from the trenches to answer your questions and bring you relevant industry information, equipping you for excellence in medical device processing. My name is Kevin Anderson, and I will be your host. Now let's get started. Hey, everyone. This is Kevin Anderson with Healthmark Industries, getting started on another Ask the Educator podcast. We just wrapped up one of our international webinars. It's all about safety first. Understanding Your Everyday Equipment, Tools, and Ergonomics. Jahan Azizi is with us. He's He literally just finished the webinar, and of course, I have my co-host with us, Adam Okada. So guys, I just want to thank you for joining me on the podcast as a
1: kind of follow-up to the webinar. I think it was a really big topic and a really important one. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me again on the, as a co-host. I'm happy to be here, and happy to hear uh, more from Jahan, because Jahan... I know had a lot to say on that webinar. There was so much information. Um, so, good to follow up and get some more clarification and some more information from Jahan on the topic.
2: Yeah, I appreciate uh, th- this webinar. This was a really good webinar. And and as I was doing research on it, it's, it's amazing that uh, how much information are on the public domain. So, you can actually uh, Go in and look into them because obviously, the good thing is that at least OSHA is is out there, CDC and my OSHA that they look for these activities and patient safety. And as you saw from presentation, uh, the cost of patient injuries really to workers is is way out there. And as we talked about that, every second obviously we have about seven injuries. That as we talked about, five thousand four hundred injuries an hour. So is really important topic. And although we get to work every day and doing our job, but it's important to do it safely. And that way we can come back the next day and do what we're good at, what we do for patient safety.
0: It's funny that you mentioned those numbers. They're pretty staggering to me right off the bat. And you know what's crazy about that is that those are reported numbers. Like I know from my experience, I can tell you, not every injury was reported not every thing that happened to a staff member whether it was in the operating room or a nursing floor or the er or whatever those things were not all reported if you're listening to this podcast i got to tell you no matter what your role is whether you're a teammate a uh, staff technician or scrub nurse whatever it is scrub tech technologist or maybe you're a manager of some some sort one of the first things you really need to do in your department is drive home the need to report these things because the only way to change and to get your environment more safe is to first report things so that everything is being measured everything is being taken care of and and people are held accountable to make the 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 environment safer but all that being said we want to know you know listeners want to know Jahan like what are some of the biggest challenges in departments relating to safety?
2: well, The, the one that we, we talked about, obviously, is we saw 3, 385,000 sharp and needle stick injury that, as you indicated, reported. We all know that that's probably a fraction of what is actually happening. So we have tons of sharp injuries, sharps in the SPD. So it's really important to make sure that that is not happening. And it's not just sharp to poke your finger, Is the biological hazards that come with that sharp. So that's really the important part is that, make sure that you have appropriate PPE, make sure that uh, you don't rush. and know some place does uh, for 40,000 instruments on a daily basis. You have to go through all the trays, you dump them, you try to move forward. So really just need to take your time and make sure that you're not getting poke and you're not getting cross-contaminated with the items that are attached to those instruments.
1: Yeah, that's one of the first things that I tell students when I because I I when I teach the certification classes, that's the first thing I tell them before they go live into the facility is like, look, you're going to see people going really fast. It's going to look like light speed to you when you start. But again, you have to go incredibly slow when you're taking those instruments out. You don't know where the sharps are, right? Because they're little tiny sutures, little tiny blades that are attached to the blade handle. You might see the handle but you don't see the blade attached to it. So there's a lot of sharp injuries risks in our departments. And again, you're right. 385,000 is a huge number. That's astronomical, but it's probably not even 50% of what's actually happening out there in the field. So if you're not being heard about employee safety, let's say you have a, a, a thing that is causing you problems. We saw in the webinar today, there was one where somebody was having issues with their sinks being too deep and leadership is not paying attention to that, what advice do you give to somebody who's having that issue where, look, I see a safety problem, but they're not addressing it in the leadership?
2: You really need to report that. So, the first step is my personal responsibility is to report it. And then the other one is that, is it making it to the end of the year? So, if you have a mechanism that is not looking at that, is not looking at the injuries and not documenting it. So you cannot really fix what you cannot measure. So once you measure these, once you have the volume, then you can move those up in an email or something. And it's good to stick with the level management. But if you're not seeing result, then obviously, hopefully there's a chain of command. You can move that up to the different level. But document make sure that it's getting to appropriate place, and then you, somebody need to have action on it. And if not, as you saw, some of the OSHAs, of you invite them, my, my OSHA, they will come and do some help with that. The OSHA shows up, or in, in our case, to look at that, to see what's going on, what what hazards are there, and looking at that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's costing $44,000 for, for injury. Somebody get injured, go to a doctor or ER. So what is the cost of that injury when you, you go and obviously the day's loss and all those is, is those are important things that to look at. So yes, document, make sure that it's getting to the appropriate place, followed by email or some kind of form and then ask for results.
0: That's great advice. And I think also, you know, we were talking a little bit before we started recording this podcast and you you actually brought up a good point then too, and and that was that, some facilities they might even have they might have an employee safety like officer or an ambassador or something. or sometimes, like Adam, you said it, we we had this at our facility where you could reach out to HR and ask for like an ergonomics or a safety um, safety assessment in your department. We actually had to do that. We had some some people that were asking for it. And they had reported some sort of ergonomic uh, related injury through our reporting system, and and this kind of stuff does work. Usually, there are internal mechanisms for reporting, and then it triggers these types of assessments inside. And you know, if if that happens and no actions are taken, then maybe that's that next step where you do go to your OSHA representative, your state OSHA, whatever that you need to, in order to get some actual actions taken. From a leadership perspective, you know, I used to run a department. It's very difficult uh, to run a department, especially if you don't have help with certain things, educator and all lead technicians or what have you. Why do you think that uh, leaders don't necessarily always take employee safety as seriously as maybe like the patient safety? We're always kind of touting patient safety, but. reality is, if we don't have the employees, we can't take care of the patients. So why is it that we're so quick to maybe diminish the seriousness of employee safety versus the patient safety?
2: Well, it's interesting, as I mentioned, with the COVID, one thing we learned that the value of the employees, if you don't have appropriate workers, sometimes you cannot perform procedure. So I think the last few years, we learned that employees really have more value than we thought of. The other thing is that sometimes I think the managers just being human, they are putting out fire. If you have to take out 40,000 pieces of instrument, if the OR manager or opera or the surgeon and the sub, and they said that we need this staff, we need that the staff, it just really the, the sheer volume and all these added items just makes, <laughs> I need to keep going. It's just putting out fire every minute. So that kind of changes your priority. But at the end of the day, when you look at that, if that person gets injured is not showing up to work tomorrow or next day, guess what? You really cannot process those instruments that you thought, you know, they were more valuable. So those are the things that really uh, is kind of a short-term thinking versus looking at that the, the value that every employee has on, on your institution.
1: Money talks, right? It's unfortunately that's the way the hospital system works. And if we can break it down to leadership and say, "Look, we need to prioritize employee safety because we could be losing money if these things are not addressed." You know, I I had issues with a certain facility where I had several of my employees go out with a shoulder injury because of a a broken dumbwaiter where they were lifting carts off this dumbwaiter, and then all of a sudden I've got two, three people out on surgery. And now I can't do anything because that's positions just open for months and months while they go get surgery done. And again, that's money lost. That's time lost. That's a lot of different things. So it's one of those things we forget about, but we really shouldn't. We re- really need to prioritize employee safety, just like we do with patient safety. And again, don't think you have to do it all alone. We, we think of this as like, oh man, there's too many things I got to do. I can't be prioritizing employee safety then go to employee health and ask for help with an ergonomic evaluation. Go to risk management and say, hey, take a look at our processes and let us know what things could be potential risks here. So again, there's tools for you. There's resources for you. You don't have to do everything yourself. And to that point, Jahad, what do you think are some actionable steps that a leader or somebody in the department that's making changes, what do you think are actionable steps we can do to improve our employee safety today or in the short term or, or as quickly as we can?
2: What's similar really to your other question is that can we document it, can we measure it? And then if you do those, really most of the hospitals institution institutions have the, the root cause analysis. So somebody up there is trying to find out why we're losing our employee, either to injury or at some point that you had enough of that, you leave the institution. So you need to look at those as kind of a and analyze the root causes of them to see what is causing all these issues. And then really, that's part of the leadership. The leadership needs to be involved in that. And, you know, we've been seeing a lot of uh, news on the headline that the hospital caused this issue. The, when the SPD is not effective, the whole hospital can go down. We just saw something that just recently, that if you don't have an effective SPD department, guess what? You make it in a bad way to the, in the public domain, and that's really bad for everybody. I think if those departments be a little more proactive and find those issues, you can actually in the long run have a better employee relationship and then obviously don't make it in a bad way in the public domain and use.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to avoid that at all costs. And if you if you take care of your your staff and it's a good way to 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 then take care of the procedural areas, the operating rooms, the interventional radiologies, all these people that rely on our instruments day in and day out. I think that's really good advice. And I can just share one thing that we did in our facility as well. Well, uh, right before we wrap up here, there was something that was instituted hospital wide and actually health system wide, and that was daily safety huddles. All right. And so all of us leaders from each department had to report every day about our department and say anything safety related, whether it was employee or patient safety related. And, you know, it got to the point where it was pretty well oiled and we could do it in 15 minutes. Well, we can incorporate the same principles in our own departmental huddles. We should be doing huddles every single day, both with our, you know, our early shifts and our late shifts. And you can't be there 24 seven. So those are good times to ask your staff, like, have there been any safety concerns for you, for the employees? And draw, draw that out specifically, because so many times I think people put themselves at risk during the, the workday, but they're kind of like used to it. They almost sometimes don't even think that they should report something necessarily. And so if you start asking them questions specifically every single day about safety for them, Then it might get to that point where it's just part of your culture and you start better reporting of it. And uh, then you can actually take some more actionable steps and things like that. So anyway, I hope that really helps kind of drive home the main points, I think, from from your webinar today, Jahan. Again, we were talking about uh, general safety Uh, In our departments, safety first, right? Understanding your everyday equipment, tools, and ergonomics. Great webinar today. So if any of you out there listening to the podcast missed it, go to the education tab, look for the webinars. You can review the recorded version of it. I recommend it highly. It's 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 a very good topic, very important, especially in this day and age where we're all strapped for having uh, the the necessary amount of employees to get the work done. So thank you, Adam, uh, for co-hosting with me. And uh, thank you as well, Jahan, for joining us on the podcast. Really appreciate it.
2: You're very welcome. Thank you.
0: All opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters. Before using any medical device, it is important to review the device manufacturer's instructions for use.